1: Integrity
2: as well. Be like, be like you're married to a hobo. What's that about? That
3: would be so awesome if you could do that.
2: <laughs>
3: so, Neil, what's that all about? What's that
2: all about? Do you, do you need help? That would be so awesome. Pass me a note if you need to yeah. look. <laughs>
3: Hey there, welcome to the Cold show, episode number 15. Can you believe 15 already? Wow. Crazy. Feel like it's been 20, 25?
2: <laughs> Somewhere Only in there? Only 15. Only
3: 15. Hey, so uh my name is Neil and uh you are the sun, I am the moon, you are the song, I am the tune. Play me. <laughs> <laughs>
4: Sorry. obviously not a Neil Diamond fan. No, no I was gonna <laughs> say I have no <laughs>
2: idea. Is this a Game of Thrones thing? Like, yeah.
4: I don't understand. <laughs> my son, no. my son, and my <laughs> yeah. my moon and my star. Yeah.
3: yeah no, it was not. Uh, yeah, sorry, that Neil, was not. Okay. That was not Khaleesi and uh, whatever his name is. Yeah. This no, was uh, Drago. Drago, Drago. Thank you. This was uh, this was Neil Diamond. Oh, okay. I felt a little diamond channeling through me for some reason. We should go with it. I should go with it. When
2: you feel it, So yeah.
3: Anyway, sitting next to me today is the wonderful and very extremely precious. Precious. <laughs> Sandra.
2: Talented. Keep it coming.
3: Keep it coming. <laughs> and yeah. the very well um, inked, Yeah, you we say, well right?
2: Linked. Yes, exactly.
3: Sandra, thank you yeah. for being here again.
2: I love being here. We love greatly being here with appreciate you guys. it. Yeah. So Sandra,
3: here. of course, has the wonderful John Junkies podcast. I sure do. With her lovely husband. Can I call him lovely? Is that
2: okay? <laughs> Please oh, call S- him lovely. lovely. Okay. He's very lovely. super lovely. <laughs> I don't want to
3: demasculate him, so <laughs> <laughs> making sure that's okay. No,
2: yo know, Lovely doesn't have to be gendered. Okay. Yeah. Good. No. Yeah, yeah we okay. do that. We do that thing. Talk about books, uh, horror, fantasy, and sci-fi. We're sort of the sister to the cult show in a way, but yes. you know, books, movies. Yeah, yeah, we're like, the, we're like sister We are sister simpatico. Shows. Yeah, siblings. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> exactly.
3: <laughs> but we, and we don't fight though, do we fight? We fight a lot. We okay. fight a lot, <laughs> okay. a <laughs> lot. Okay, let's check it. All right, so Sandra is here. Uh, Kelly, unfortunately, could not make it again, so we have Sandra sitting in. Thank you so much. Uh, it has been an absolute pleasure having you here. Thank you. So, uh, what everyone doesn't know is we just had an hour and a half discussion before actually starting this show <laughs>
2: sure about
3: uh, everything. So um, our, our
2: deepest fears and anxieties. Yep. Yeah. We, ca- we, we came through a lot of stuff. We did. Here on this couch. Yeah.
3: We moved through a lot of uh, territory. Yeah. Got to know each other really
4: well.
2: Yeah.
3: So, yeah. And of course, as always, we can't forget the wonderful Caleb.
4: Hello. Also lovely. Also, well, also yeah. But know. not as lovely well, as, your, I mean, as your lovely husband. Let's
2: not compare. Every, you know, every, <laughs> <you're> all <great. laughs>
3: we're all great. We're all just one happy show. <laughs> so. And our studio audience, of course, is always here. Yay. Thank you guys for coming. We got the wonderful Wanda back, as always. So Yay. thank you. We, yes, we love uh, the Wanda. Michael and that Steven, thank you guys. We appreciate you being here. Yes. They've literally been sitting here for at least an hour and a half, yes. <laughs> <laughs> listening to us warm each other up.
2: We just locked the door in. They so just had to stay here. They could not get out. No. Yep. No. So, oh well. Yeah. But They're we also, uh, we've got some exciting stuff to talk about. We do
3: have fun things to talk about, but as always first we kind of start and just say, hey, what's going on in the world of Sandra? Oh. What has happened since we last saw each other? Anything fun or
2: Oh my goodness, interesting? I was not too long ago. It wasn't. Let's Anything see. new going on
3: in John or Junkies maybe? John
2: or genre Junkies still doing episodes um, every other week. We've got some great stuff coming up. Of course, we're coming up on October, which is when we do horror the whole month. Yes. Because it's the best time of the year. Absolutely. So that's really exciting. But other than that, yeah, we're still doing interviews, still doing all of our good stuff. So, yeah, having a great time. Okay. Yeah, I'm super excited. I hate summer. (laughs) (laughs) I hate hate every season except (laughs) Halloween. And it's not even October. It's Halloween. The whole month is Halloween.
3: Yeah. Yeah. You know what's funny? I actually, I hate, I hate spring. Like April. April is like, oh, I get so, I get depressed in April. (laughs) Oh. Which is funny because every the, the trees and the flowers and the birds You'd are singing and that. the worms are chirping or whatever <laughs> the whatever worms, worms are do.
2: chirping. <laughs> so. The birds are <laughs> fertilizing the earth. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. It's like, yeah. So, the you grass know, is
4: it. raining. <laughs>
2: <laughs> you, you don't even know
3: about spring. Yeah, exactly. The blooms
4: are treeing. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a normal thing. So. <laughs> you
2: hate
3: so anyway, much. Anyway, damn, damn chirping worms. So.
2: <laughs> allergies. <laughs>
3: allergies. Mm-hmm. Everything that happens. But more importantly, the clocks get set forward, spring forward, so you lose an hour of sleep. Yeah. It stays light longer. Who needs it. I mean, all that stuff that just like depresses. Yeah. <laughs> and me, yeah. and people who love Halloween. Typically, yeah. I think
2: you don't need that then, negativity. No. But then no. in August,
3: you start to get little signs of like the leaves in your trees you start acorns, to get acorns. Yeah, and things start happening. Stores
2: start to put out a little Hol- bit of autumn Halloween stuff, and yeah. autumn stuff. Exactly, yeah. and you
3: start seeing that light.
2: Gives us hope. And then <laughs> by, going. it
3: does. It does. <laughs> yeah. No, seriously, for it me, does. it's like no, it oh, does, I did yeah. it. So I actually don't hate summer as much as spring because summer means I can kind of see it starting to wind down. Yeah. And then that's by fair. September, you're like, "Woohoo!" because the Halloween store opens yep. and I get to go every weekend and, you know, they kick me
4: out after a couple Same hours. <laughs> yeah, <So>. yeah, exactly. <laughs>
2: people think you work there and it's like, <laughs> I don't work here. I'm just here all the time. And, yeah, like,
4: and yeah. yet you can answer all of their questions. Exactly. Where everything yeah, is. Yeah. Yeah. Because you've been, been there so many, many times. And, and
2: yeah. that's going to be on aisle yeah. five. And right. yeah, yeah.
3: Exactly. Yep. Do you guys go to um, Disneyland for, for Halloween?
2: I've been.
3: Because you're a fan of Disney, right? <laughs>
2: Disney Tattoo, yeah. Oh, okay. I'm a fan. I'm a fan. You're yeah. a
3: fan. No, I love Are it. Are you a fan-a-low? <laughs> <Is> that <laughs> <a> fan-a-lo? <laughs> That's Barry's thing, sorry.
2: Um, <laughs> um, what is I a do love Disney at Halloween. Um, you know, it gets into a weird time because then you get into the Haunted Mansion yeah. turns into Nightmare, which I love. I love Nightmare Before Christmas, and I love the Haunted Mansion when it does that, but I like just the here mansion yeah. too. Yeah, no,
3: I would agree with that. Yeah, ultimately.
2: And there's like all these new overlays and all this cool stuff, and I just, I just really hate anybody that's at Disneyland around Halloween because I'm not going this year. Yeah.
3: Oh geez. Okay. Yeah. Do you go? You go every. When do you go, typically? Is it the same time Well, here? I used
2: to go based around races that I would run in Disneyland. Oh, you do that, yeah. okay. Yeah, did half marathons and some 10Ks down there. But they're on hiatus from that with all the construction, so I haven't been in, oh gosh, like two years.
3: So if I understand it right,
2: mm-hmm.
3: and you can help me with this, and Caleb for that matter, you have to pay to enter yes. the, the 10K or the races through the park. Sure. And then when you're done, you still have to pay to get into the park. You do. (laughs) (laughs) So you're paying for the right just to run through the park at a really early hour.
2: It's magical, though. Is it really? It is. Amazing to run through the park when it's not open. And like they have like all the people that work there, like even the janitors and the maintenance people, they're all out there like cheering for you and they play music. Trying to sell
3: you churros and they try to
2: sell you churros. (laughs) Like one of the Star Wars ones I did, we had to run through this like dark tunnel, like backstage somewhere and they played like Darth Vader and it was like all, you know, Darth Vader talking to you about going to the dark side. You're just like, oh my God, this is so magical. Yeah. So it's worth it. It's worth it.
4: Really? And, and any timed run like that that you, you do anywhere, pay. you have to pay.
2: Because they have to control yeah, traffic. Have they have and to, then they make yeah. you leave
4: the park and pay to get back in, though.
2: Yeah, but You're, it's really okay. Can you, find the bush or you can try to hide. Yeah, really. But then, But see, but then they're going to know your timer didn't go off. So then they're going to be like, where is she? She's in there somewhere. And they track you because there's a little things. So of course they track you'd you. you'd have to ditch your bib, like...
3: They Disney track yeah. you.
2: Yeah, yeah, but any race would do that.
3: Yeah. No, they probably wouldn't. That's a Disney thing. <laughs> <laughs>
4: that really is.
2: They come find you. Yeah, <laughs> yeah.
4: They probably tase you and throw you in <laughs> well, they probably probably, a Disney They've probably seen it all, like people trying yeah. to absolutely circumvent the. You can't <laughs> shock those people. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah.
2: But it's wonderful. But yeah, so I wish I was going.
4: But to again, Disney and and, and all those people cheering you, they're. Being paid to cheat yeah, you, that's okay. So you know, and stop you from leaving. Yeah, I'll take their
2: fake love. You're easy. Yeah,
3: that's like my life every day anyway. <laughs> exactly. You know how it is. I will pay for
2: validation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Pay
3: for love and <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> usually well, it's for the hour for me, but yeah, it's, okay. it's kind of
2: different. But you know. <laughs>
4: Plus okay. the motel, $5 extra yeah. for the no, do, for the TV. The <laughs> no, motel, dang.
2: Stay at the nice place with the continental breakfast.
3: Yeah, the do drop-in. Like, <laughs>
2: so. like in the movie, in the movie, remember? Which one? Maniac. Oh,
3: yes, a continental story. Yes. That's the what democracy. I was talking
4: about, you know? He charges him $5 oh, for the yes. TV <laughs> if he wants colored TV.
2: Exactly. How do you get it? This all just went right over Neil's head, like, yeah. not even.
4: <laughs> no.
3: He was i was in a different different hotel. Motel, he, different w- he was in scenario. disneyland apparently <laughs> i was yeah i was thinking about the timberland lodge or whatever what's timberland. it called what's it called it it's a-
2: owned by like the timberland boot company <laughs> oh, the know. um the wilderness lodge. wilderness
3: lodge is that was called yeah, okay yeah. sorry <laughs> am i mixing my my getaways what?
4: Country Bear Jamboree, huh? Yeah, I don't, yeah. Know. I don't <laughs> know.
3: They have a good bathroom there, because no one ever uses it, because no one goes to the Country Bear place anymore. So well, Is that even th- open anymore? No,
2: <laughs> that's what I'm saying. Well, no, the Bears don't perform anymore. They do in Disney World, but not in Disneyland.
4: Mm, now they're just sad animatronics.
2: They sit frozen in time. There
3: uh, and, yeah. Just all,
4: like the moose on the... the, yeah. the,
3: the <laughs> like Chuck E. Cheese at the end. Yeah. <laughs> You're like, oh, poor Chuck E. Yeah. <laughs> I actually have a soft spot for animatronics. I don't know why.
4: But <laughs> like, because you're from he, he knows that, in yeah. his heart they're not real. But, no, <laughs> but they, they, they might be. Exactly. Yeah, We've res- seen so many movies where they do. Okay. So I rescued I rescued
3: a Santa. <laughs> <laughs> I have a Santa in my closet that someone was throwing away, and I rescued it. <laughs>
1: You and it's like, it?
3: and it's like he's like cockeyed. <laughs> so he used to go like, oh, oh you know, and yeah. he'd sing songs and he'd move. And I was like, kind of like, you know.
4: Yeah, jerky. Huh. <laughs> yeah.
3: <laughs> but I rescued wait, it. And I still
4: put it out every every year. So you, that, you you, you <laughs> picked that up from my trash? <laughs> <laughs> I
2: mean, that so, thing is haunted. That's why uh, up in the trash.
4: I have
3: lots. Of, I have lots of Halloween animatronics. So I really like animatronics, and I, I feel cool. I feel bad for them. Like if anything, like the the lost toys. Isn't that a movie about the lost toys, Pinocchio? Or no, no, there's a movie with lost toys, (laughs) Babes in Toyland or something. Anyway, the the, the
4: toys that yeah. That people don't want and then you know thrown away or. One
3: just give me the okay. Misfit
2: toys. Misfit toys like in Rudolph.
3: Yeah, maybe it's Rudolph I'm thinking of. There you go. Anyway, I do that for animatronics. So you you collect spiders.
2: (laughs) Spiders I collect yeah. old
3: to-
4: animatronics. These right. are
2: all very normal hobbies that <laughs> yes, everybody <yeah>. has
4: <laughs> For those of you that don't right. know Sandra you- has a spider rescue So uh, don't kill your spiders Can- send them the. Can s- you yeah. flash my
2: like hotline <laughs> down at the bottom? Yes,
3: here. JohnMyJunkies.com yeah. <laughs> Send them all. So Sen- send all your unwanted spiders at <laughs> junkies. No, no, just
2: send me $99 to sponsor your spider, but yeah, you don't have to send the spider
3: you too can sponsor a spider for fifteen dollars a month. We
2: need the music. No, we do. It really sells I can it. play that.
3: Just put him in an envelope, lick it, and put it in the, in the mail. <laughs> <laughs> hey, here's
4: my tarantula. Oh right, my yeah, gosh. she likes went, tarantulas. She likes black sh- widows, brown right? recluse. <laughs> yeah. And I put
2: the brown recluse, <laughs> a personal favorite. Then I just get like envelopes of dead spiders. So I just <laughs> everywhere
3: (laughs) anyway so as sandra very cleverly mentioned they went completely over my head Uh, she mentioned the maniac hotel because we are going to talk about maniac tonight the wonderful film from 1980 yes very exciting movie one that i used to watch as a child again it was up there with one of those those films like the burning and whatever else I used to watch over and over, that again got my parents concerned about my watching habits of films. <laughs> so,
2: and that's but, a pretty good one that would raise alarms yes. if a small child is watching it a yeah. lot. Yeah,
3: <laughs> for sure, I mean, probably like you know, young teenage, twelve years oh, and here, above. Fine, but still, horrible. that's an impressionable small. age. Yeah. Small. So, but it's a wonderful <laughs> film because uh, you have, again, you have, a, um, in my opinion, a wonderful acting. Joe Spinell,
2: fantastic acting, very
3: freaky and moany, a
2: lot (laughs) of grunty, very grunty, grumbly, mouth
3: breathing, mouth breathing, yes, (laughs)
2: Yes. all
3: those things. Mm -hmm. And you got wonderful Tom Savini special effects, which we have spoken about before. (laughs)
2: Amazing, and we will always praise the
3: master. Yes, the master of splatter. Um, And then you have, of course, uh, wonderful direction by. Uh, William Lustig. Fantastic. And it's uh, everything about the film. It's just a wonderful 1980s film that um, we want to talk about.
2: Yes. Because
3: we actually uh, we have it here, believe it or not. We do. So for us to watch.
2: We have it here. We have
3: it here. My God. In the bookshelf. Should
2: I Should I get it? Behind us. Should I get it now?
3: I would say. Okay. What do you think?
2: Yeah. I've never seen it, it, so
3: let's give it a shot. Give it a shot. Yeah. Wanda said yes. Lately. All right, everyone we said yes. A, we got a first you timer.
2: Reach? Oh my gosh! I need my Freddy glove. <laughs> <laughs> this is awesome.
3: Maniac on VHS, of course. Yes. That's how we do. You do 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 to talk do. About. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you go. very much. All right, Maniac from 1980. We're gonna give this a watch as you put it in the old VHS. Whoa.
2: Uh, I was a little too uh, too aggressive. (laughs) A little aggressive with my VHS
3: tape. Okay, so we're going to watch Maniac, and then we have a special treat from you. When we come back from the break, director William Lustig will be here in person to talk Maniac. Right
2: here on the couch? Right
3: here on the couch. How cool. Stay tuned experience your favorite horror comedy or science fiction films
1: of the 70s 80s and 90s on the big screen with the cult film series at roxy
3: 14. double features thursdays at 7 pm visit us on facebook for more information hey there welcome back to the cult show we just finished watching maniac 1980 maniac so what do you think you still a fan
2: love it still love it yes Yep. I'll tell
3: you what, it was one of those films I loved growing up. I watched it all the time because, again, you had Tom Savini, which we've already talked about, I'm a huge fan of. Same. And yep. you had a lot of the gore and just the grisly aspect of, uh, of filming, especially like New York seediness, you know, absolutely in that movie. And I don't know how we got so lucky, but we're actually joined by the director, uh, producer, and all-around wonderful man, William Lustig, sitting next to us. Everyone, applause for William Lustig, please. Thank you, yes.
5: I got, I got a cue.
3: Thank you, thank you. I got a, Bill, I gotta for an applause. Thank you for being here.
5: It's like I'm needy, <laughs> I'm needy for applause. So how are you? It's great coming to this
3: basement and it's kind of damp. and I know, right? Yeah. Damp, dark, um, a little bit dingy. Oh yeah, light. for sure. Yeah. yeah, I know. But hey, so thank you for being here. It means a lot to us to have you here. Because again, we are big fans of the film. I think I've expressed to you enough in the past, at least I hope that I have, that how much I love that film and watched yes. it a great number of times. But you could say it again. Okay, okay cool. I love that movie, Bill. Me too. You did a wonderful <laughs> job. So we're gonna talk a little bit about it and find out what it was like to make it and work with Joe Spinell and all that fun stuff. So I hope uh, you don't mind uh, regurgitating information. I know you've probably said it a hundred nope. times, but hopefully we'll make it fun for you. Good. So Sandra and I are drinking a little bit of wine that will help take the edge off eventually. And well,
2: you got to have wine. Yeah. you got to have a little bit of wine.
3: And if I'm having vodka. Vod- yeah. There you go. Excellent. Good choice. Dasani so- Vodka. <laughs> Sponsored.
1: <That's>,
3: it's Coca-Cola's <laughs> brand of vodka. Yes. Dasani Vodka. It's full Love of tons it. of, lots of added sugar and corn syrup. So it's really good for you. So hey, okay, Maniac. Uh, how did that script find its way to you? we created it Joe and I okay yeah we uh
5: created it we brought it to uh a writer and he didn't want to do it but he gave it to his wife to to work on and uh then we took that script and we kind of threw out half of it and uh went out and made the movie okay yeah it wasn't a script that came to me it was generated in-house wow
2: I like that
3: so then how did Joe find his way to
5: you I Initially. met Joe. Um, I was working as a production assistant on a movie called The Seven Ups, and Joe was playing a thug, and he was the only person in the cast who would talk to me because I was a production assistant. I just. R- right, I was yeah. a lowly production assistant, and Tony Lobianco and Roy Scheider were the big stars. Wow. Yeah. Roy Scheider, eh? Yeah. Well it was uh, it was uh I think it was it was pre Jaws. Oh really? Okay. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. No, he hadn't hit that stardom yet. But he thought he was. <laughs> <Got> <laughs> Same it. thing yes. with uh Tony Lobianco. He was like he, he thought he thought he was the shit. I don't recognize that name. What did what did he do? I don't either, oh, to be He did a great movie called The Honeymoon Killers. Hmm.
2: Do you have a the list? It's yeah. A, I haven't seen that.
5: You've never seen it? I haven't, it? Seen, I haven't seen, it. Have seen it. Are you guys crazy? That's a great movie. We are. No, okay. You guys have never seen The Honeymoon Killers? No. Gotta see it. Oh, my God. We're well, well let me tell I you. Know. Trouble. Well, no. Don't leave. Don't leave. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll tell you a little bit about it. The original director of the film was Martin Scorsese. And after Heard a period uh, a period of uh, time, I'm not sure how many days it was, he got fired. And the producer of the film took over the direction. And the film really, really turned out like a, it's a great movie. Hmm. Okay, I've seen it countless times. That'd be b- before Mean Streets. Um, you think it's pre-Mean Streets, right. yes? Okay. Huh. And um, yeah, yeah. There's a there's a couple of scenes in there that I've 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 stolen and used in my movies. Really? <laughs> yeah. Okay. No, just the concept right. of them. Yeah, of, of course. course. All right. Yeah. This amazing, amazing movie. All right. Well, we're
3: gonna add it to the list i right? urge you
5: it's out on criterion okay Ooh. and i think if i'm not mistaken i think they came out with a blu-ray but i'm not 100 percent sure hmm.
3: okay.
5: i know it's on their dvd but got it it could
3: also be blu-ray and um yeah anyway all right Love it. so we're for gonna those have to do a
2: screening no yeah. really and for those yeah. who don't
3: know bill by the way is is i you can almost say you're an encyclopedia of movie history i mean you know a lot about film, and uh, not just uh, an American film, but also Italian and... Well, overseas, I mean, I, so. I,
5: I, I was blessed. Uh, when I grew up in New York, there were art house theaters all over the city, yeah. and they would play repertory. Um, you know, they would play... They would do, like, two films for two days, then it would switch over, and um, very much the way Quentin uh, programs the New Beverly. And uh, But they were, like, all over the city, and they were showing... Um, movies like it's incredible how many movies they would show
3: right like they had a full calendar that just changed every couple of days basically yeah. and on the month calendar yeah
5: they didn't publish a calendar like the new art and, and new mm. beverly does but they would and of course there was no internet but you'd look at, you'd look at the um, uh, village voice mm. that, was the mag, that was the paper that you would look up and you would see what movies were playing at which theaters Got all it. the art house theaters would advertise in there
3: so that'd be like like newsprint. You mean,
5: yeah, something. You would yeah, actually,
3: something you actually open up in this paper and get dirt. You of get ink on your yeah. fingers.
5: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, okay. But um, uh, so uh, anyway, it, I met Joe on on the Seven Ups, and uh, we both um, realized we had a love of horror, and uh, for a period of time after that, we would get together when Joe wasn't working and we go see movies, mostly on 42nd Street in New York.
1: Wow.
5: Again, it was a, an incredible, it was a, a mecca of movies. Every, there was like, I, I think there were 10 cinemas showing double features on one block.
3: Wow. Starting
5: at 8.30 in the morning into the wee hours of the morning.
3: Yeah.
5: Um, if you wanna see the 42nd Street of that period, see Taxi Driver mm-hmm. or Midnight Cowboy. Okay. That would be a good reference for that, Not the. Not that stupid HBO show, The Deuce. Okay, right. <laughs> yeah, don't even waste your time with that. Uh, it's all bullshit in that show.
3: So that's how you met Joe. That's okay. how I met Joe. And friendship came from that, through the through the mutual love of yeah. movies, and then, of course, horror. Yeah. And eventually you guys said, hey, we should do something together. We should collaborate. And then yeah, we-, we
5: it became a natural thing. And we worked on a script that we didn't get off the ground. Uh, but we did finish it. And... Uh, and, you know, we were, we were trying to find something. The problem was raising money. I didn't really have a track record. I was in my early 20s. Um, I, had, I had produced and directed my first adult movie. I was 21 years old. And um, and so that's, that, that was after I had met Joe. Not on our set, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and it was, um, yeah, we, we, we You know, we tried to get things off the ground, couldn't raise the money. Finally, we got frustrated, and we took the script of Maniac, and we pared it down. And I had had accumulated $30,000 from the adult business. Joe signed his check over from cruising, (laughs) which was a $6,000 check. And my friend Andy Garoni had twelve thousand dollars, I think, from some inheritance or something. Wow. and with a with a total of forty eight thousand dollars, we went out and made maniac.
3: Wow. That's amazing. That's, That's what we cool. did. And it's, so the but the idea of the story, which is this guy has some serious mommy issues and like and therefore has to murder women, basically, to try and piece together something mm-hmm. that makes him happy. like Mm -hmm. Whose head does that come from? It has to start somewhere. Well, actually, it came from the headlines because,
5: uh, again, it was luck. uh, The 70s were a formative period for me, and it was a great period for serial killers. Mm -hmm. You know, I call it the Mm -hmm. golden age of serial killers. You had Ted Bundy. You had... uh, uh, Ramirez? um, What's that?
2: Ramirez? No, he came after. Is he 80s?
5: He was later, and he was in L.A. Sona Sam? Son of Sam was so David, yeah. David Berkowitz. Well, they never caught the Son of Sam, but he was around, and the, you know he was doing his thing, and um, and they were colorful. You know Henry Lee Lucas, his mother used to dress him as a girl. Mm. You know, and you had uh, uh, John Wayne Gacy. Here was. Um, Gacy was playing a clown at children's parties during the day and at night picking up young boys having sex with them killing them and burying them in his basement of his house Mm. I mean you can't make that shit up (laughs) and the one common denominator that we found with the serial killers were all had mommy issues Mm. of varying kinds but they all came back to mommy so what Joe did is he created a character that was a compilation of all these people, okay, and that was reflected also in the horror set pieces, the murder set pieces mm-hmm. that we had in the movie.
1: Mm-hmm. It
5: became kind of a little bit of a greatest hits, okay,
2: yeah,
5: of uh, of these people. Wow. I was thinking
2: about that with his his den where he lives and he's got all his dolls, yeah, and all his uh, little trinkets and things. Well, Joe
5: propped that. He propped his own. <laughs> Did you know, he really? Oh yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. Along
5: oh. with this. The guy who built the set was also an artist, so some of that stuff on the wall was came from. Actually, all of the stuff on the walls came from him. Mm-hmm. All the artwork, but um, yeah, Joe propped it. He was he took a he took a lot of responsibility for his character. Keep in mind, he wasn't getting paid a nickel. He owned a piece of the movie, but he wasn't getting paid any money on it. And he turned down work to do Maniac. No kidding. Wow. Yeah yeah he did he was offered while we were in pre-production i thought for sure he was going to quit he was offered the role of um in used cars maybe oh, yeah. used cars he was going to be i think it was the role that was played by um oh what's his name uh can't think of, his father was a big uh, character actor bagley pull it up Oh, Ed, Ed. Ed Bagley Ed ba- Ed okay. Jr. Yeah. He was going to play that role. Okay. Wow. Yeah, they offered it to him, and it was, I'll tell you right now, it was 10000 a week. <laughs> and, uh, well, Joe was getting big money as a character actor back yeah. then.
1: Mm-hmm.
5: And uh, he turned it all down because he said, no, I'm going to make this movie. Wow. And, uh, yeah. I think, I think also what motivated him, he mm-hmm. once said to me that Warren Oates <laughs> said, to, said to Joe, Joe, I've done a lot of movies. But the most money I ever made on a movie, Race with the Devil, I owned. Mm. The, I owned the piece, and oh, so did piece. Peter Fonda. And he said, and I made more money from that stupid horror movie <laughs> than all the movies I've done. Wow! And Joe always had that ding, ding, ding in his head that there could be a pot of gold with uh, making right. a make it a horror film.
3: And did he? Okay. Did you ever witness him? You know, for him, the happiness that he chose that role. I mean, was it? A, oh, he loved it. Yeah. He embraced it. He didn't run away from it at all.
5: I mean, yeah, it shouldn't like, seem yeah, like it. Yeah, no, no he, he totally embraced it. When we were in Cannes, the first time we were bringing the movie to the marketplace, um, Sylvester Stallone was there, and Joe was pals with Stallone. And he walked down, uh, the, the, there's a main street called the Quasette, where all the paparazzi gather and everything. And Stallone wore a maniac T-shirt, <laughs> and so did Joe. Wow. And
3: they were out there promoting. He was out there promoting the movie. Was uh, was Frank with them? Frank Pesh? No, Frank Pesh wasn't and there. I noticed yeah. he had a voice. as a, did some voiceover for one of the did, broadcasters yeah. or something? He did right? the broadcaster. Yeah. Oh. Wow. Yeah. Okay. That's wonderful.
2: I love it. Oh, I was gonna ask you a question. Sure. One of my favorite things about the movie is the soundtrack. Okay. I'd love to hear a little bit about some insight on that, because. It's, yeah. a
5: good, it's a good question. I mean, Jay Chataway, um, I met Ch- I, for, for, in our earlier vision of the movie, we wanted Goblin to do the soundtrack. That was our earlier vision. And we had been in contact with Dario and Goblin and all of that. But for one reason or another, it wasn't going to work out. So now we had no money and we needed a soundtrack. And Jay Chataway had been quite successful as a, produ- as a music producer. And Jay had been producing for uh, Find Your Records, their Salsa, their big Salsa and but he wanted to have his own. He wanted to have his own, his own, uh, uh, one that he wrote and directed and composed and all of that. And that was, Maniac was his opportunity. And so, again, with very little money, uh, we, we, I showed J, uh, Jay Chataway all of the horror films to get him in, give him inspiration I told him what I was looking for in the various scenes and he would nod he would take notes and he wound up doing something completely different than what I told him and I can't be happier what he did was he keyed in to the, to the sadness of Joe and he and through his soundtrack, he very, in a very subtle way, created empathy mm-hmm. for this monster. And you hear it in the opening theme, mm-hmm. when he's walking around his room. You hear it at, at, at various points in the movie, mm-hmm. and it's a very you know it's kind of subtle, but it's it it does create an an, an empathy for this character, and and I think that's what di- distinguished maniac from other uh, killer on the loose movies of that period mm-hmm. it mm-hmm. it really was a an emotional soundtrack very much the way annio Morricone would approach a score okay wow
2: no, i totally agree because i find myself disgusted that i feel such like compassion for him yeah. but i do and there's times when you're you kind of like him because you just feel something for him but I, yeah, the soundtrack that ties it all together. Yeah,
5: like that. yeah, it, it it made it unique. Yeah, and uh, I owe it to Jay, and that's why we worked many times together after that. Wow. Because uh, I trusted him not to listen to me. <laughs> <laughs> Which other films did he score for you? Vigilante, the Maniac
3: Cop, one and two, and okay. yeah,
5: yeah.
1: Wow, that's That's excellent. Good.
3: Always yeah. did great work. So, I guess can we bring up uh, Tom Savini? Please, Maybe in the we? special the effects. The, yeah. How? How did Tom get involved? Is it a matter of I made well, a phone call? Well, and, no.
5: It was. It was. Uh, I had seen an early. I snuck in to a private screening of Dawn of the Dead before it was released, and uh, I actually sat in the projection booth. <laughs> or I should better. I, I should say I stood in the projection booth <laughs> for the two hours, watching it through the whole, You know. Uh, and I just thought the movie blew me away. It just I thought it was fantastic. And the effects were outstanding. Mm-hmm. So now we're going to do this movie. I, had, uh, I called up Richard Rubinstein, the producer, and uh, he didn't know me from Adam. <laughs> and I went to visit him, and he gave me Tom Savini's information. He wow. was very nice wow. to me. Wow. He gave me his information. He also gave me some tips on selling my movie and you know he was very he was very uh gracious That's good wow. and um yeah so um we call up tom and he's in new jersey um doing friday the 13th okay. so joe myself and andy garoni we get in a car we drive out to jersey and we meet with tom on the set of friday the 13th wow and we tell him about our movie, and we tell him what we want and all this, and he's impressed about Joe Spinell, you know, because he knew Joe from, you know, Godfather, Rocky, and all that. And, um, and uh, he said, uh, well, look, guys, uh, I'll do your movie, but you got to do me a favor. I don't want to return to Pittsburgh. I just broke up with a girl. And if you give me a place to live in New York, <laughs> so that I don't have to go back to Pittsburgh, I'll stay on and do your movie. And we did. Wow. I got him an apartment. <laughs> After Friday the Thirteenth, he went right from New Jersey to New York. Yeah. Wow. And he had his. He had an apartment that he could that he could crash at. <laughs> and. Uh,
3: How long was there wow. between end of Friday the Thirteenth and the start of Maniac?
5: I think it was. I can't think it was more. I don't think it was more than four to six weeks, I don't think it was long. But ago. you put him up for a, at least a month. Well, right. he had to do yeah. pre-production, he had to do, yeah. you know. Had to was, make everything. And right. his apartment also worked as his uh, workshop. Okay. Right. Yeah, it was his workshop, we actually even used it to do uh, inserts, oh, you yeah. know, to shoot close-ups. Like we did the scalping scene in his apartment, not, oh, in, the okay. ho- <laughs> not in the hotel. Not in the hotel, room. right? Yeah, that was shot in his apartment. Oh, wow. Cool. So, uh, you know. Yeah, yeah, and of course he's disco
2: boy in in the movie. Well, Well, the reason
5: he the reason for that is Tom was going to get a nose job (laughs) in New York, and he had this bust of his head that he could never use again to match what he with with his current (laughs) nose. So, let's blow it up. Exactly. (laughs) So now we had this free prop, because of because of Tom Savini's upcoming nose job.
2: Yeah, rhinoplasty. Because his vanity. Yeah.
3: Yeah. Yeah. So that was it. And how
2: many people get to explode their own head? I mean that's pretty cool. That's
3: pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Okay. So that I mean there's okay there's several threads here now that just came up that I wanted, but uh, get back to the head exploding part in a minute.
2: <laughs> We're going to put a pin so, in, the, in the head explosion. Yeah. Yeah. Remind me.
3: I, um, I Did you ever get to see anything? like, like You talked about the scalping part. That is to me, was a, an extremely effective
2: oh, yes. gag. Oh, yes.
3: And so like, did you get to see anything ahead of time before? Does he show you anything? Or is it like he brings it in? Yeah, you it guys was, film? I saw and, it
5: on the day. I don't recall him doing a... a I don't recall a rehearsal of it. Okay. Or him showing it to me or demonstrating. I just trusted him because of Dawn of the Dead. Yeah. yeah. That everything he would do would be effective. Maybe so, it was foolish because I, I I mean it wasn't in the end foolish, but it yeah. was probably if I had you know, you you would want to audition effects that are gonna be important to the film. Right. Yeah. But no, he, he he did it and was perfect. Just roll film yes. and boom. And it go. was simple. Ooh, makes wow. me cringe. It makes was so cringe. simple.
3: That's awesome.
5: Yeah. Yeah. The most simple effects are the practical ones.
3: Oh, yeah. And but,
5: the
2: best. Most of, they, stick yeah, they stick with you. Yeah,
5: they stick with you. There's yeah. something, people know the difference between CGI and practical oh, there's no, yeah.
3: yeah, there's no question. We've talked about that a, quite a few times on the show <laughs> <laughs> about the practical effects. And yeah. that's, you know, yeah, we love them. But, mm-hmm. So the exploding head.
2: Yeah, we're scene, taking the pin out. Take the Explod- pin, thank you. Exploding head.
3: With my brain these days. Uh, that was from what you had mentioned. There's fun little stories with, with that part, such as Tom is the one who actually pulled the trigger. Yeah, he doubled Joe and he uh, fired the double-load
5: shotgun into the windshield of the car and that was a real windshield it wasn't a breakaway right and what happened was the force of it um, and the uh, fog that we were using was oil-based so uh, there was a sheet of oil on the hood of the car Mm -hmm. so when Tom fired the shotgun his legs Literally came out from under him <laughs> and he went flying backwards and we didn't anticipate it. So we didn't have a mattress or anything on the, <laughs> on the ground and he landed on concrete. Uh. But I was so worried about having just fired a live <laughs> shotgun on the streets of New York. <laughs> That I, I I grabbed the shotgun and I had a, a, a sacrificial production assistant <laughs> standing by. Those PAs. And hey. I had the trunk open of the car and I tossed the gun into the car, closed the trunk, and told him to drive to Staten Island.
3: <laughs> <laughs> so that was that was not a permitted. Sh- shoot off is that there's no permit in, right. in
5: existence that will allow you to fire no, to live ammunition saying on it. the streets I'm of new I'm york saying that
3: <laughs>
2: <laughs> that's a good point on any yeah. street in any city right
3: <laughs> i'm being sarcastic and facetious
2: as so, per usual as yeah. per
3: usual exactly <laughs> uh all right so that was
2: actually i was gonna ask about that speaking of new york so down there in the subway it's absolutely I don't want to say my favorite part of the movie, but probably the most intense part of the movie for me. I don't know, maybe it's because I'm a girl. And that fear and that hopelessness when she goes into the bathroom. And, I mean, she sells it so well. Mm -hmm. And she's sweating, and it's just like, oh, God, it's giving me chills and goosebumps just thinking about it. Yeah, that was effective. Yeah, I Um, will say.
5: I remember Alex Aja was really impressed, and he used it for... um, you ever see High Tension? Of course. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Know the scene in the gas station where she runs in the bathroom. Mm-hmm. Okay. Bingo.
2: <laughs> yeah. That's
3: pretty nice uh, compliment.
2: Absolutely. Well, great artists steal outright. Right. right. That's not Yeah. 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 So. Was that Gorilla Style or did you have a permit for that well, one? Well,
5: okay, we had a partial permit. Okay. What What it was? Firstly, we had. Okay, one of the one of the best things in New York. In far, in the, as far as uh, uh, shooting, is to have a gold shield detective with you. Mm. And we had Randy Jergensen, who I also met um, on The Seven Ops. <laughs> and he had a gold shield. Uh, he, was, um, he was actually the a real cop uh, that uh, Al Pacino depicts in uh, Cruising. Really? Ooh. Yeah. Wow. And he was in French Connection. He was the uh, cop at the um, at the at the police impound who's trying to um, stall the delivery of the car, mm-hmm. and he's you know he's kind of bullshitting with the French guys, you know. Okay. You say you did, this, you know. That's Randy. He was also wow. in Saucer. He's been around a long time. Okay. Wow. Anyway, I was blessed with him working on uh, <laughs> uh, with us, a maniac. And what what happened was, we had permission from the subway authority to shoot her coming down the stairs, going through the turnstile, and and going towards the stairs. Okay? okay? We did not have permission for her going down the stairs with the camera below and going up to a, a real subway train. Hmm. No permission whatsoever. So what we did is, we shot the beginning of the sequence, we shot in continuity, we shot the beginning, and then Randy, with his gold shield, takes the guy who was, who was tasked with monitoring us from the subway department uh-huh. out to dinner. Oh! And he takes him out for dinner. And we bring our cameras down onto the onto the uh, platform and we shoot all that footage with her coming down the stairs, with Joe coming down the stairs and with her trying to get it. We even put a camera on the train to get inside the train looking out towards her. And we did everything that we were forbidden to do. <laughs> But because we had been shooting earlier, nobody ever questioned it. Right. Anybody who was working at the subway, they didn't know that we didn't have permission. Yeah, right, but, you, then, that, then, yeah. you know, up with that. And then, you know, we kind of figured how long uh, Randy would have this guy away. And uh, then we got up and we went to the other portion of the uh, platform to do the rest of the sequence. Wow. I love
2: it. The
5: interior <laughs> of the bathroom was shot in an entirely different location. Mm, okay. Oh, okay. Okay. Wow.
3: Yeah. I'm just curious... In that bathroom, there was, like, uh, Apocalypse Now written on the wall. Was That's it... all our graffiti. Was I was going to say, some That's of that graffiti, graffiti seemed
2: a little inside. It was. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it I was. Like
5: it. Yeah, yeah. It, uh, I didn't do it, but uh, other people, maybe even Joe might have had a hand in it. I don't oh, know. Yeah, yeah but, uh, yeah, it was, uh, yeah, that was our graffiti. That was, your, that was, that was graffiti. our graffiti. Like yeah, yeah. washable it. graffiti. Oh, yeah.
2: Yeah. There's but, one shot that I love when he's coming down the stairs. Mm-hmm. And it's like a, I can't ex- describe it, but it's like it's a, an optical pushing
5: We did an but optical pushing That's what push I was gonna
2: ask, what, what that was, an oh, optical uh, pushing Yeah, in. it was an okay. optical
5: pu- What we did is we blew up the frames. <gasps> I, wanted it, I wanted it to be kind of choppy and-
2: Oh, yeah, staccato, like a heartbeat. Yeah. Yes, oh, okay. Yeah. Ooh, I,
3: yeah.
2: it's always been something on my mind. Know, yeah. right? Thank you, yeah. Oh,
3: isn't it like, it's amazing to watch a movie for, say, 40 years or 50, whatever it might be, you know, and, you've, and then you suddenly, like, get to talk to someone who actually made it and give yes. you all this.
1: How'd you do that? You know? Yeah. No. Was sure.
3: Apocalypse Now already on the wall or did you guys do it? No, <laughs> we put it on there. Yeah. Joe probably did it himself
5: for all for who knows, so. Mm-hmm. i tell you, I went with Joe to the opening, uh, the first screening of Apocalypse Now in New York and we had bought tickets and, um, it was at the big Zigfeld Theater, the main, you know, it was the yeah. Zigfeld was like the primo Premiere theater in New York, mm. and we come in, and uh, Talia Shire sees Joe, and she goes, "Joe, come here, come here," and um, and then uh, Francis Coppola sees Joe. You know, he had done Godfather yeah, one exactly. and two, and they go, "No, you don't. Have to, you sit with the family. You sit oh. with the family." So, and I'm with Joe. And Joe's going, "Come, here, come on." So, <laughs> we're sitting with the Coppola family, wow. watching the very. First uh, screening in New York of Apocalypse Now.
2: Oh Man. Have you been up there to his place, to his winery? I haven't. Oh, it's beautiful. Yeah, no, I got to go there. You got to check it out. We were talking
3: about that. As soon as I
5: get out of this basement.
3: (laughs) (laughs) If we let you out, that's Mm -hmm. why we're in the basement. Thicker walls. Blocking the door. (laughs) (laughs) That's right. (laughs) Wow. Man, that's amazing. OK. Let's see, what else? Um,
2: I wanted to ask some kind of general horror questions. Sure. Okay. Can I, or do you have others you want No, you, you go first? ahead, I'll, I'll
3: bounce back if I need to.
2: <laughs> you always do. I always yeah. bounce
3: back, yeah.
2: Well, I was gonna ask you what was some of your favorite horror movies growing up and when you were younger that got you into it?
5: Well, I would have to say, um, I mean, there was so many. Um, I mean, I would say Hush, Hush, Sweet Charlotte. <laughs> I remember seeing that in the theater.
1: Uh-huh.
5: Um, I saw Psycho. I didn't see it in the theater, I saw it on television. Mm-hmm and that of course impressed the shit out of me house mm-hmm. on haunted hill mm-hmm. Ooh, yeah. which also I saw on television okay. was one of those films that I found really scary um, and then carnival of souls <gasps> a great yes. great horror film mm-hmm. and uh, later movies like honeymoon killers and texas chainsaw massacre and and I was into the Dario Argento I saw Bird with the Crystal Plumage. when <laughs> nice. the furry on the very first came out. I think I saw it opening day on Broadway, wow. and I remember feeling really, really. Uh, I really felt the suspense in that movie. I felt my palms sweating. Okay. Yeah,
3: it really got to me. Wow! And um, behind that, the, behind the big glass, and you can't help the girl. Yeah, Who yes. you think is the victim? Well, yeah, my, okay. my, the one that really Split
0: spooked
5: me was the girl walking across the park, which really was. I later realized was a a Copy of the cat people, mm. but it was very effective. And no, uh, I, know, I and, and I love the shot when the guy falls out the window and the camera does his POV, yeah, mm. and it even bounces <laughs> as, as though it's his head. I thought, oh, there were so many great things in Burwood to Crystal Plumage, and that impressed <laughs> ah! me. Mm-hmm. And that sort of opened the door for me going to see a lot of Italian horror films. I was gonna ask, cause it yeah. seems
3: like you, you have a, an affinity of I for did. Italian.
5: Well, I'll tell you why films. because I found. I was never really a fan of the AIP, Crown International, California made horror films. Okay. Mm. I always found them to look like television. Mm. And when I look at a European horror, it feels like movies. It feels like I'm, uh, you know, the inspiration, because television was slow in developing in Europe, um, cinematographers were would use uh, great artwork as a way of learning lighting. So when you see even the cheapest European horror films, they're really elegantly lit, mm-hmm. and it's because of the training of the cinematographers there, hmm. whereby in the in the States, it just seems to be very television oriented. It seems very much geared you know, towards let's see everything, you know, yeah. we want to see everything in the frame and yeah. and the shots are very, I don't know, they're very flat,
3: hmm. you know, I find the, I find it that okay. way. Back, to, I'm kind of curious again about Joe, yeah. back to his performance again in the movie uh, with the, there was a lot of him kind of doing like a, mm, like really long, sounds, carrying on the noises yeah. that he would make, was that again something that, came naturally f- once you're doing the scenes, or was that a scripted uh, Um, Well, thing? it's not it was
5: scripted. Joe had asthma.
3: Okay.
5: And uh, we used it. Wow. In fact, when we were mixing the movie, um, I'll tell you something funny. When we were mixing the film, uh, Jonathan Demme was working on Melvin and Howard in the same complex, and Joe was actually in Melvin and Howard. He did a one-day thing, and then. Hmm. Uh, I don't even know if he gets credit. Um, but um, <laughs> we're mixing at night because I was getting some I was getting a deal with the sound studio. Okay. And the way it works is that back then there was like this big console, different today, but it was a big console, and it was high up, and below was uh, in the front was a couch where often the the, the client would sit and, and watch the movie. Yeah. But I'd like to sit with the mixer because I would yeah. like to be able to give him direction and talk, you know, with him. So Jonathan Demi and Joe Spinell would sit on the couch, and I'd forget wow. they were there except for they were smoking weed the whole time. <laughs> so I would see smoke coming up, and the whole mixing the whole studio smelled of, of weed. And what one time the mixer had taken down some of that uh, asthmatic stuff that Joe was doing. Mm. And I said, no, no, no. That's part of the performance, you know. And put it back in. And Joe, I hear this voice that I think Joe is there for, you know. I hear, that's my director. Listen to him. <laughs>
1: <laughs>
3: that's wow. my director. Listen to him. <laughs> So now, so you're saying that was normal breathing, though, or was that Yeah, sort of. It? He had he had yeah.
5: issues with his, you know, asthma. Yeah. Wow. wow. If you noticed in Rocky, um, he, he, um, he's telling Rocky about, you know, I tell you to break his thumbs, you break his thumbs, mm-hmm. and then he goes in his pocket and he pulls out the asthma thing.
1: Yes. And he
5: sprays it down mm-hmm. his throat because it was cold out. He just played it. Okay. Uh, oh. You know, I feel it. He does it. That's wow. what Joe is about. Joe is all about natural
1: yeah you
5: really you really that's that's what made him a great actor. He was selfless. yeah, yeah. he wasn't self-conscious about you know, this is it, you
2: know because I almost think of that that sound as part of the soundtrack, too. yeah, it's like part of the music of it.
5: it is, yeah, yeah, yeah. so uh, again,
3: all lucky yeah lucky things. so there's a point in the film where you're you're, you're kind of going down this path and then it kind of hits a little point with the photography. yes, Part and Carolyn Monroe and everything comes into it. And I think you had mentioned to me in the past, there's kind of a reason for that. There is.
5: And the reason for that was we ran out of money. And, uh, <laughs> and uh, Joe um, knew Caroline from having done Star Crash with her. Okay. And Joe really protected her. Now, I don't know if you saw Star Crash, but she's running around in a little bikini. I think her character was Stella Star or Stella Stella something, anyway, Um, and she's running around in a bikini. Well, they're shooting this in the middle of the winter in an Italian Cinecita, the the big sound studio, which has marble floor and it's the middle of the winter Ah. and there's no heating. (laughs) And this poor girl who never complains about anything, Caroline is not a complainer. Is running around in this thing and Joe go, goes yelling at the costume people have somebody standing by with a coat you know for this poor girl somebody's got to put a coat on her Aww. when we're not shooting and he protected her <laughs> and uh, Caroline never forgot that yeah. so they, they became close friends okay. now they had a Fangoria convention in New York Caroline was one of the guests Joe wanted, went with Tom to, um, to visit Caroline and uh, you know, what are you up to? What are you doing? Her husband was with her, Judd Hamilton. And uh, said, well, we're making this movie, but, you know, we need money <laughs> to kind of finish the movie. But, you know, he just said it to them, you know, like not yeah. thinking that yeah. they would have anything to do with it. Right. And, um, and so uh, Judd Hamilton says, I'll get you the money. And he did. Wow. And part of the deal was his wife uh, was going to have... We, we had, It was a small role, but it, it got expanded and it got padded, really. It mm-hmm. got padded mm-hmm. um, in order to, you know, justify having her name above the title. Mm. And um, she was so lovely. She was really, yeah. really nice. And it allowed us to finish the movie. Wow. I mean, we had like one more week of shooting, and that was all shot in a few days.
2: Yeah. Oh wow! I'm I'm glad it got padded because I love her character and I love that role. I love the the humanization it brings to the whole situation. Um, there's a natural chemistry between the two of them. Well,
5: it was the Ted. It was the Ted Bundy. Uh, <laughs> little riff. charm,
2: yeah. You know
5: that yeah. that. Um, you know, uh, it, the funny thing about Joe. You see, here's the thing. I I've learned in my life that women, while attracted. Physically, to men, what really draws them is if a man can make them laugh and entertain them, and they have a gift of, of talking.
2: Mm-hmm. I, I can concur with this. And
5: and uh, yeah, and Joe, um, who is not classically handsome, he's not you know, he's right. not he's not the he's not Brad Pitt. Okay. He's an
2: average-looking guy. Um,
5: yeah, but he probably has a villainous look to him, and um, and. Uh, uh, Joe had some of the most beautiful girls, I mean, that, that were attracted to him. Mm-hmm. And, you know, he dated some girls that were knockouts. Of course, the, he, would al- he would always run after the ones that, that, that were trouble. If you, said to a, if you said to Joe, you see that girl, stay away from her, Joe, she's bad news. Right. It was like, <laughs> you know? he couldn't get to her fast enough. Right. I mean, he married a porn star. And 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 he had me go with him to a porn theater to watch one of her movies. Oh, jeez. <laughs> While he was married, to her, she she ran off to San Francisco, to do a movie for the Mitchell Brothers Mitchell called Breath, of "Autobiography of a Flea." And <laughs> here I am, at a Times Square porn theater. I said, Joe, I'm not going to sit with you. <laughs> <laughs> so he's sitting like you know several rows in front of me. And and back then you could smoke in the theater and Joe's smoking a cigarette and every time his wife would say something so stupid that's supposed to be funny but nobody's laughing Joe would be laughing out loud. Ho 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 ho. That's square. And you know nobody else is saying a word in the theater. And that
3: that's Joe, you know. And so, you know Joe's sitting there doing the uh, Robert De Niro from Cape Fear. Right oh, <laughs> cigar. Yeah, exactly. oh, oh yeah, and he's uh, smoking. And
5: yeah. then, then when we exit the theater, before we even hit the street, we're going through the lobby of the theater, he starts interrogating me. Now, when she was in this scene with this guy, she didn't look like she really liked it. <laughs> she was, she was, you know, you could tell she was faking and, you know, and she only like licked it a little. She didn't really put it all the way in her mouth. And, and, and we're going through all of this. I'm, I'm being interrogated about his wife's sexual antics in this movie. She's the star of the movie. And he's questioning me about it. And then he wanted to go to San Francisco to kill the Mitchell brothers because he said they they're the devils. Yeah. You know. That There's was that was, that was
3: life with Joe. <laughs> 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 yeah, I can't even imagine what it would be like when your friends telling you your buddies, well, "Hey, let's go I watch my wife." That
2: he was supportive of his wife's career. Yes.
5: In fact, he's yes. talking in fact, if you watch Cruising, yeah. The very beginning when he's in the squad car, He's the very first dialogue in the movie
1: okay.
5: where he's in the squad car and he's talking to his partner. He goes, yeah, she ran off to Florida with her sister and she took the kid with her. Yeah, they're all, I, I forget what it is, they're all bitches or they're all, they're all, I don't know. Something <laughs> Some derogatory. with the, yeah, they're talking, you know, but Joe is, they're telling the story of what his wife just did. Ah. She ran off to Florida to go with her sister, with the, took their kid, <laughs> okay. went oh. to Florida. Oh, wow! Yeah. Oh
1: my God! So it didn't
5: work out.
4: Oh no! No! Yeah! Right! Yeah! yeah. yeah. So your
5: friends. Let, they... let me put it this way: they had a—they lived in a house in—I don't know if you guys know Toluca Lake, oh, yeah. California. It's a quiet, resi- you know, suburban part of town. You know, Bob Hope kind of owns it, and they—they they lived there, and they called it the—they their house was called the Amityville Horror House. <laughs> One day, I'm, we're at the Universal Sheridan um, doing something with the movie, and his wife is running down the hall with a gun after Joe. <laughs> it was,
2: uh... <laughs> I mean... You can't make this up. No.
0: no. <laughs> Thanks for listening to Part 1 of Maniac with William Lusted. Join us for Part 2 with more behind-the-scenes stories and plenty of laughter.